So this morning's message is based on Matthew 7, verses 24 to 27. So let's read these words from our Lord Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount as he's concluding the Sermon on the Mount. Chapter 7 of Matthew, verse 24. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell. And great was the fall of it. Beloved congregation of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we begin building projects, or when someone does that, there is always interest in what the final product is going to look like. And therefore, a lot of planning will go into the design, into the size of the building, into its practicality. We think about storage, and even general aesthetics, like paint color and flooring. And yet, we must realize that the final product is determined by many other factors. For example, those who design such a project must consider property clearance, the span and slope of a roof, the height, the electrical or mechanical or plumbing or other such things that are regulated by building codes, and all the associated costs. And so a safe and quality structure is also to be considered in addition to visual appearance. But then, even more than that, it's important that this quality, as well as aesthetic structure, which is above the ground, and and what we see... More important than all of that is what we don't see, what is under the ground, the footings, the foundation walls, the piles, perhaps, that are under that, the ground upon which all that is resting. Everything, the final product, the basic structure, all is resting upon and is depending upon a solid base. And it doesn't matter if that's a house or a garage or, or a shed or, or an apartment building or an office tower. When the building project begins, we must be concerned about the solid foundation. And that's the example the Lord Jesus Christ speaks about at the end of the Sermon on the Mount. He tells the parable builders with two different foundations. One is constructing his house on a rock, and the other on sandy ground. Now, of course, Jesus is not giving advice here to, to the carpenters 
to the construction folk, to the builders in our midst. Though, of course, it applies. But the point here, he, he is making a comparison to something else. He's using the image and picture of a building project to address something else. Something that should really be common sense to all of us. Jesus is directing attention to our Christian lives. How we build our Christian life. And this morning, we need to ask this question. On what are we building our Christian life? What is the reality or the truth upon which we live our daily lives? That's the question. So this morning I preached to you God's word under this theme. Build your lives upon the unshakable foundation of Christ's teaching. That's how we summarize the message this morning. Build your lives upon the unshakable foundation of Christ's teaching. And we'll see two things. One, build wisely. And two, live securely. So first, we'll consider that we must build wisely. So Jesus is telling a parable about two home builders who are building identical homes, but on different foundations. They're building on some kind of floodplain, an area of land that is under the threat of floodwaters. It's a kind that, a kind of floodplain that this, this flood will happen only on a rare occasion. Uh, that may be the cause or, or the result of several uh, climate, climatological events. And the one builder is keeping all that in mind. And he chooses the right foundation for that situation, that rare occasion, you could say. He chooses to build on a solid rock foundation. In Luke 6, which is where the parallel, uh, a parallel passage is concerning this parable, Luke 6, 48, we read that he dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. He dug deep. In other words, he removed the sand, he, he got the dirt out of the way, the gravel that, that is there. He dug deeper to let his house rest on the underlying bedrock, the solid ground. Now, of course, to do that is far more costly and time-consuming. When you build upon a solid rock bottom. And yet, such preparedness is important it's essential for this builder, and rightly so. Whereas the other builder, he's thinking more about the practicalities, about cost saving, about time limits. And so he's building on a less stable foundation, the sand. He thinks the storms combined with flooding is too improbable a risk to worry about. Or worse, he doesn't even really think about the storms that might come. So this type tries to get away with less or is just simply foolish, 
satisfied with the bare minimum. And the point of Jesus' parable here is there is that stark contrast, that very evident, visible contrast. One building on the rock, he's the wise one. The other building on the sand is the foolish one. And Jesus uses this illustration, brothers and sisters, of these two home builders to compare how life in the kingdom often goes. The kingdom of the Lord, the kingdom of God. Jesus' listeners, the ones who are hearing him, are all builders. They're builders of the lives of the kingdom, of God's kingdom. And yes, so are all of us today. All of us right now, every individual person here is a builder, a builder of kingdom life. All of us here are called to live before God in his kingdom, just like building a house. Every ambition we cherish, every thought we conceive, every word we speak, every deed we perform, are all, as it were, building blocks, steps, following the grand plan and design that God has given us, the blueprint, as it were. And gradually, over time, birthday after birthday, anniversary after anniversary, New Year's Day after New Year's Day, the structure of our lives is rising. As time goes by, we begin to see our lives take shape. And all of it is based on something. Jesus is speaking now about what we are making of our life and its framework and its foundation. And he's demonstrating that people do it differently. There's two kinds of people, as it were. And they contrast. The critical issue is what is the foundation of our lives? Verse 24. The wise man built his house on the rock. Verse 26. The foolish man built his house on the sand. Now Jesus says... In verse 24, who hears, everyone who hears these words of mine and does them is like building on the solid rock. What does Jesus mean when he says that? These words of mine. To what is he referring? What is this solid rock foundation, in other words? Well, his reference is particularly to the words that were spoken to the listeners in the Sermon on the Mount in chapters 5 through 7. I invite you today or in the days ahead to read through this Sermon on the Mount to remind us of what is that solid rock foundation Jesus is referring to. But maybe if you are familiar with the Sermon on the Mount, you already have an idea where he talks about a number of different things. In fact, he even addresses many of the commandments of the law. He talks about adultery. He talks about hatred and anger. 
But it's not only the Sermon on the Mount, of course. By extension, all the words of Jesus are what proceeds from his mouth throughout his ministry. So you can think of all that he said during his time on earth and, and are recorded in the Gospels. And even by further extension, all the words of Jesus is all of God's instruction that are given to us from his word, from, his, from the Bible. And Jesus says, whoever hears and obeys these words, whoever lives all his life or her life by these words is building their lives wisely. Such persons are putting faith and trust in the Lord and in his promises and in his son Jesus Christ. They are seeking daily and weekly the, the suffering and death of Jesus Christ as the only ground for their salvation, for the forgiveness of their sins. They are considering Jesus Christ as the rock of ages. They are obeying his word, submitting to his will, honoring his commands. They are hearing and obeying the teaching of Jesus Christ and therefore are anchored in him and nothing can separate them from his love, from that foundation. Such a life, brothers and sisters, Jesus says, will stand. And in the parable, Jesus, of course, reminds us that there's two kinds of responses to such a truth. One hears Christ's words and does them. The other hears Christ's words and lays them aside, forgets about them, doesn't do them. Now this parable, let me remind you, is not teaching that we are saved by our works, by good works, as some would say. No, building one's life on the rock means listening to the Lord, confessing him, and obeying him out of gratitude for salvation received walking in step with the Spirit which has been given through faith. Jesus is laying great stress on the need to do his commandments, not to gain entrance into the kingdom, but as the fruit of faith, the proof that faith is living. Life before God, then, that Jesus is speaking about, is the application of thankfulness and practical living to his grace. Think about what we also read in the letter of James when he says in verse 22, be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. He talks about religion that is pure. It's when we bridle our tongue. It's when we visit orphans and widows in their need and affliction and so on. It's to keep oneself unstained from the world. That is the true faith. That is evidence of building our lives on the rock, on the teaching of Jesus. What this parable is warning against is mere intellectual knowledge. It's not good enough that we have knowledge of Christ, knowledge of his teaching, even 
The devil has knowledge of Christ and knowledge of his teaching. The demons do as well. It's not good enough just to profess faith publicly. No, beloved. That must be accompanied by a living faith, a life of obedience. It's not going to be a perfect life, of course. There will be failures and disobedience. In fact, we will sin every day, but to our shame. We will sin to our grief because we have grieved the Lord. And we will seek in true humility forgiveness. And we will strive to live according to his will more and more. We will seek help and, and get guidance. We will turn to his word every day. No, life in the kingdom isn't just about hearing Christ's words. It isn't just about going to Bible study or, or going to church. It's not even just about pondering the word or memorizing it. It's whether we do what we know. It's whether the lordship of Jesus is evident in our life. So you see, the outward appearance... What is visible, what we see above the ground is not good enough. Because as you know, many can violate building codes and hide it. It's not evident necessarily. One can even minimize the foundation and no one will know the difference when they walk through the house or the building. And that's true of our Christian lives as well. When we hear Christ... We must put his words into practice. That is building life wisely. And that's wise because, as what Jesus says, we have to think about what will come. And that's our second point. We live securely. In our parable, the contrast is evident and the wisdom and foolishness is revealed when the storms come. The wise man's house built on the rock will stand, we read. It doesn't fall. But the foolish man's house falls flat with a great crash. Those who put trust in the Lord, who obey him, will stand. Those who trust in themselves, who ignore the words of Christ, who do not obey him, who live for themselves, for them the destruction will be total. The, the, the storms will be harsh, you could say. And the storms we read about, or, or what Jesus is referring to, represent the divine judgment of God. There's one great threat moving ahead toward all the houses of people's lives. The great flood of God's judgment is coming. And the point is, if we neglect Christ's words in daily life building, we can expect catastrophe. When we build our lives without purpose, when we live our religious life without purpose, that's what James was talking about, then the result will be calamitous. 
Think about what happened in the days of Noah, where indeed God's judgment was also represented by a great storm, by a great flood. It was through his ark building that Noah proclaimed the coming judgment of God. It was through his ark building that Noah demonstrated that he was a man of faith and that he heard God's words and warnings and he acted on them. Those who hearkened the proclamation of Noah survived. In other words, his, his wife and children. Noah himself set about building the ark, set about living his life as God commanded, and was saved upon the foundation of God's covenant love. He was saved upon the water of God's grace and mercy. The same water that destroyed others represented his salvation. But all of life which had not taken God's words into account perished. The people who loved and lived life eating and drinking and making merry were destroyed by the floodwaters of God's judgment and covenant wrath. That's the sad reality, beloved. There are many people today and also many church members who build their houses of life all the while neglecting to take into consideration whether God might exist, whether judgment might one day strike. And just like the foolish man, they consider such an act of nature highly improbable. Or worse, they don't even think about it. But the fact is, the reality is, it is coming. Sometimes God sends smaller storms to us in this life already, and that is represented in many current catastrophes, in wars and persecutions, in personal tragedies and trials and troubles. You see, the storm also hit the wise man's house, too. That's not the point. Storms do come to everyone. God indeed permits also our lives to be battered a little, to be shaken to the roots, so that our foundation will be tested, so that the foundation will be revealed even. Although houses are being built by both wise and foolish people, and may for a long time appear equally secure, although among the people of the church, much of the surface resembles each other, it's when the storms come. It's when the temptations come that at that point the similarities end and the differences are revealed. So by God's purpose and plan, He is already now through little storms, and I say little carefully because the storms we do experience are not little to us, but little in comparison to what is coming. God is revealing through them to us whether we are living on a strong or weak ground. So brothers and sisters, when those storms are coming, the little ones, 
Let's use them to examine our lives and determine how we live. And if necessary, seeing in such situations, in how we respond, that our lives are maybe being built on sand, let's determine to move out of that life. Let's get in what is necessary to lift our houses up off the ground and redo the foundations. Let's do what God calls us to move in and live in a safe house built on rock. Let's live our lives, let our homes be filled with the word of Jesus Christ and of God. And more, let our homes be, our lives be where God's word is obeyed. Where the prevailing secular culture in the world and the moral filth and the evil that is prevalent in the world today is rejected. And in its place, we are following the Christian counterculture. Let's make decisions when we're building our lives that reflect our submission to the Lordship of Christ. And thus all our decisions we make, like the choice of a career, or the size of our home that we buy, or the life partner we seek, are also in line with the teaching of Christ. Where all important decisions are based on the most important decision of all, that we want to follow Christ. Beloved, when we choose right, the right life, when, we, when our lives are built on the solid rock of Christ's teachings, then all of our decisions are going to fall into place accordingly. And then we shall live in real peace and security. We will be battered. We will be pressed down. We will be shaken. But we shall not be moved. The wind and the floods of life that are being thrown at us, that hurt us, that test us, that cause us to groan, to cry out and lament even, will not break us. We will withstand the tests over time. And therefore, with assurance, we can look ahead to the great judgment that is coming. And with calm faith and with joyful anticipation, we can prepare to meet our maker. In conclusion, brothers and sisters, we have seen this morning that Jesus Christ teaches in our verses that there's two classes of Christian hearers. Those who hear and do nothing. And those who hear and do as well as hear. The latter is Christ's building code for our lives. Our knowledge of God, his word, our church membership, our confession... It requires of us to practice the word. We must build according to the code from the foundation to the peak. We must approach every aspect of life and act wisely. And then we shall know peace. We shall have true inner joy. We shall have security in all of life's little storms, as it were. And for the future storm, too, for the coming judgment of God, we shall advance in peace. Amen.
Let's now respond by singing together from hymn 65, and I invite you to stand if you are able. Let's sing hymn 65. Thank you. 